Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Sometimes people wonder, okay, you guys at Marriage Helper tell all these stories, but do we ever get a chance to actually see some of these people, see what they look like, hear their own stories from their own mouths? Well, today you get that chance right here on Relationship Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Beam, and I have Jordan and Priscilla. They're down from the state of Alabama. I say down because I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and we have had interactions with them for some length of time. Welcome to Relationship Radio. Glad you guys are with us. Thanks, Joe. Thank you for having us. This is Relationship Radio, an extension of Marriage Helper International, hosted by renowned marriage and relationship expert, Dr. Joe Beam, and the CEO of Marriage Helper, Kimberly Holmes. We answer your questions directly with research-based principles that you can implement immediately. Regardless of the situation, what we teach will not only make your relationships better, but will also help you to become the best version of yourself along the way. Be sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel and click the bell to be notified every time we release new content. If you have a relationship question, follow the link in the description to see which topic is up for discussion this week. We can't wait to answer your questions and have you join our community. Turn up the volume and prepare to take notes as we begin this week's episode of Relationship Radio. Okay. You're just such pretty people. I'm looking at your pictures thinking, why am I not that pretty? This is not fair. Okay. As we, as we get started here, a couple of questions if I may ask. How did you guys meet each other? You want to take that one? Yes. So we actually grew up going to the same church um, as each other. Um, but our church was a pretty large uh, church. And so we actually didn't run in the same circles, but we knew of each other. Um, but then we started getting to know each other actually when we started attending college together, um, in Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. So you had some similar classes or something? Just kind of in the common areas would bump into each other and, you know, Hey, know you from church, but, uh, for whatever reason, I never really talked to you at church. And then all of a sudden there it was. So how long did you guys date before you got married? Oh, from February until July before I proposed, and then the following May we got married. So pretty bang, bang. So six months before you proposed, and then how many more months before you married? Uh, it was ten? less than, yeah, 10 months later. Okay, so it's a pretty quick relationship. All right. And so what was marriage like at the outset? Um, <laughs> You know, <laughs> good, but we were kids and a lot of kid mistakes, but, you know, good. We we had a good relationship, I'd say. Yeah. So I thought that it was going to be this um, just dream of a marriage. And so, you know, I tried to create that reality. So I thought, you know, this is great and wonderful. And I think he thought yeah, that, too. Yeah. So, I mean, in the beginning, it, it seemed pretty um, happy. Okay. We know you said you were kids. How old were you? Uh, see, you 21 and 22. 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, you were kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. That's pretty young. Uh, actually, uh, I remember marrying when Alice and I got married the first time. For those of, uh, who are regular listeners of this program, you may remember that Alice and I are in our second marriage to each other. We've never been married to anybody else. But when we married the first time was in 1969, shortly after I turned 20. Oh, and wow. Grandmother, yeah, my grandmother said to me, if you get married before you're 21, you'll never be a free man. <laughs> I always remember that. Okay, so you guys have been married for a while then. How many years now? This May, it'll be 17 years. Uh, uh, give or take 17. six months. <laughs> give or take something. Yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> And so at some point, you guys started running into troubles that were more than just the typical troubles of marriage. How far into the marriage before that happened? A good little while. You know, it was we get married in 2004 and in 2017. So 13 years, just about we um, we we really ran into a crisis. So we didn't really see it coming until all of a sudden we were in a marriage crisis You know, when you say run into marriage trouble, we had trouble, but we thought it was typical trouble. And um, the way that we handled typical trouble was just to sweep it under the rug um, and how to deal with it. So we just whenever we would run into those um, everyday things, um, we, you know, would sometimes try to address it, could never come to any kind of resolution. So we would just sweep it under the rug. So things just kind of built up over a while then. Yeah. And Joe, we were pastor's family. So it was one of those things. We're on the stage. We're in front of people. You don't have problems in front of people, or at least, you know, you keep that up. Yeah. Yeah. I I understand that. I mean, I really, really do. I do understand that. All right. So you were in those kind of situations. um, And then 13 years in, what happened? So actually what happened was, um, Jordan was full-time pastoring and, um, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom. We had five children at the time and five children in 13 years, five children in 13 years. And, um, you know, so I, of course had not, of course, but I had struggled to kind of find my worth in, um, what I was doing because Jordan was always gone. I was always at home with the kids and I felt like there was more for me to do that, you know, I'm not really serving, um, in the, in the best way possible, just being at home with these kids. So, um, we began this college age ministry out of our home and, um, I started working very closely with this um, young adult that was um, we were trying to encourage to take lead of this yeah. group. And, and we both were. Yeah. He, yeah. He was a friend of mine. We were both on board with trying to help him kind of get leadership of this yes. group and get it off the ground. Yes. So um, so where the, the big trouble started was um, he was very busy with um, ministering in the big church. And I was very busy um, ministering to this young adult group alongside um, this other person. Which, by the way, when you've got five kids having um, college age kids over at your house till two o'clock in the morning, couple nights a week, that's that's not really healthy. But, yeah. you know, we were excited. It was a ministry that was hot. It was going. And um, and I found purpose. Yeah. Hmm. 
And so uh, something didn't go well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so, um, so we ended up getting closer and closer and he would, he would stop by regularly um, in order to um, work on things for that group. And um, Jordan was all on board with it. I mean, you know, he would call Jordan and be like, Hey, I need your wife. And Jordan's like, sure. You know, um, I'm busy doing this, but yeah, she'll help you do that. And um, eventually, you know, there, there was some attraction and then um, there was the confession of, uh, I don't know if you want to say confession of love or whatever. Um, But at that point, um, it, it started turning into something more. Um, at that point, it was just emotional. There was no physical, um, but it did start turning into something more. And then um, where it started to get physical was uh, he, he continued to um, tell me that he, he could not have a relationship with me outside of marriage with me. And so in order to have a relationship with him, I needed to leave Jordan. And so, you know, that sounded like a reasonable thing. I thought, what a good Christian thing to to do. So I um, decided one day we were on the the way to a marriage retreat, actually, Jordan and I, and um, I decided to confess to him um, that I was seeing this person. So um, that's how it came out. And then you know, I would say that's kind of where it started. (laughs) That's that was not the ending or the middle. That was actually kind of the beginning. How long did that relationship take to develop? Um, It developed over probably the course of three months or so of working pretty closely with this person. Okay. All right. So you told Jordan about it. And what happened then? Um, You want to take it out? (laughs) I mean, it was a bomb blast. And um, we we were on this marriage retreat down at the beach, just kind of dealing with that bomb blast. Um, but within a day we were headed back to Birmingham with the mind that we were going to work it out. We called, a, I, I when I went through seminary, I had some counseling classes. I called my counseling professor and she agreed to talk to us. And, uh, we, we really felt like we were going to work it out. Um, but things really just didn't get better. I, I was a big snooper. I'm very anti-snooping now because I was a big time snooper. And so I kept digging up the phone records and and saying, hey, look, you talked to him for three hours today. That's not OK. And and it just kind of kept escalating for about three weeks uh, before it was it was me. I finally escalated it. Uh, I said, hey, look, I'm going to go talk to his uncle, his his uncles are big uh, preachers uh, in our denomination and I'm going to go talk to them and go to his family. And um, that's terrible advice, by the way. But uh, I pushed it to that point where there was a break. And when I did that, um, then she went to live with him for a, a couple of days a week or so. Yeah. And the affair just split wide open at that point. Yeah. Okay, so you lived with him a couple of days a week. Where were you for the rest of the week? Well, so what would happen is I would go over there and stay the night, and then I would come home during the day because we had five children. Um, So I was living there at night and then living at home during the day um, to be there with the kids while he was at work. Um, And that actually was when he found Marriage Helper. And so when he found Marriage Helper, 
he said, um, because the reason why I started to live with him was actually because he told me I could no longer stay at home if, um, I was going to continue to see him or talk to him. Yeah. Um, there's some bad information on the internet. I don't know if you know that Joe, but there's some really bad information out there. Cross a thing or two. (laughs) So what I, I ran across something that said, if you really want to save your marriage, tough love, you gotta, you gotta throw down the gun. Hey, if, if you want to be with this person, you can't stay here. And so I approached her in that way. And uh, then a, a week later, I don't know exactly how long, I found Marriage Helper and um, Sweet Aunt. How, how did you find us? Uh, uh, somebody else referred. Uh, it was a friend of mine that I trusted that said, hey, I know this couple that have been through this thing. And okay. um, so I called up one of the, the CRs, Amber. I, I still remember she was so sweet. And I told her uh, what I had done. And she said, well, we don't exactly recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you haven't gone too far. But, uh, we, you know, if she, if she can stay in the house, we recommend you let her do that. So um, he called me and told me that. And I said, oh, sure, I'll move right back in. No, that's not how it happened. (laughs) You had me fooled there for a second. I was thinking, really? (laughs) No, no, that's not how it happened. Um, Actually, you know, we I did have several people kind of reach out to me from the church, and you know that that actually didn't help either. Um, I was very much, um, what's the word? I was fighting all of that, but then you know, just my convictions and the way that I um, was feeling, I just couldn't stay there any longer, which of mm-hmm. course, further on in our story, it, it, that's not how it ended. But um, anyway, that is how I started to feel. And so, um, you know, through a little bit of internal tug of war, I did finally go home um, because he had already signed us up for the workshop and just said, here's when I signed us up for the workshop. I really want you to attend with me. And um, he, I mean, he was just kind of hoping that I would attend. Um, And, and to be honest, just my personality, um, even though I was not going to let him know that I felt obligated because the money had already been paid and because he had already scheduled that um, internally, I felt an obligation to go. So I moved back home. Um, and then two and a half weeks later, we were attending the workshop. So, Jordan, what made you decide so quickly that you would commit three days of your life and an enrollment fee to the workshop? I mean, you, how long had you been exposed to us before you made that decision? Seventy-seven percent. That that's why I committed so quickly. That that if anything works, this will that immediately got me. And um, I mean, it's true. It's 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 the facts. Uh, but that's what got me. Okay, so our success record. Okay, and of course, Amber having um, Amber is one of our client representatives, clients relations people, and I guess she told you her story. Yes, yes. Okay, and and so you believed. Okay, if if it's got that kind of odds of success, I'm going to go ahead and commit to this. But what made you do it before you asked Priscilla if she would go? (laughs) I didn't think you would go. Actually, (laughs) you know, I talked to so many people that say, oh, that's awesome for you guys, but my my wife would never go, not right now. And I say, you would be surprised because I, I was shocked that she did decide to go, but I was desperate, man. I just, I was losing my family and um, I was looking for anything. 
And, well, uh, and that might have been one of the controlling behaviors that he exhibited. <laughs> it might have been, but you know what? It worked. <laughs> okay. But you decided to come home. You decided to go to the workshop. When was that? What year was that? This was 2017. It was in February of 2017. February 2017. So that was when we were still doing only in-person workshops. Yeah. Because uh, we didn't start the online workshops until COVID forced us to do that, which turned out to be a great thing for us. There was an in-person workshop, 2017. So how did you feel at the end of the first day of the workshop? Uh, Still very tentative, tense. tense. Um, It got warmer. I I tell you, well, the horseman thing was huge for us. Huge. So. Okay. That's on the second day when we talk about right. that. So until no, then, no, 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 no. we talk about that on the first day. Yeah, yeah, that was the first, yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. the first day. So, so the first day at lunch, because Horseman is right after lunch, we had a horrible day. We're not getting along very well at all. Nope. No. Okay. And in the in-person workshop, we ask people to make an agreement, if they will, with each other, not to use what we call the Horseman of the Apocalypse. And and you guys actually honored that, yeah. right? Yes. And, yeah. it, and it cool. really was the, I mean, it was just an enjoyable weekend after that. Yeah. It was like, how can we cut these things out and actually enjoy each other in the middle of this mess? But it, yeah. it worked. <laughs> All right. So at the end of the first day, you felt? So at the end of the first day, I actually... um felt a little bit, not necessarily hope, but acceptance. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I had been feeling so much rejection from Jordan, from family members, from our church family. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I did not want to come to one more place that was going to tell me how wrong and Mm -hmm. bad I was. Mm -hmm. So I came very um, skeptical and very um, guarded. Mm -hmm. So at the end of that first day, like I said, I don't know that it was hopeful for our marriage, but I felt very accepted and comfortable at the end of that day. And I'll say this too. You know, one of the things she had been telling me up until that point was, I need you to be a safe place. You're not a safe place. This other person is a safe place, safe place. And I really didn't know how to be a safe place. But Mm -hmm. going through the workshop and the workshop is the safest place you'll ever be. That started to kind of I could start to see how I could be a safe place, too. So that was very cool. Okay, so by the end of the first day, you were at least feeling safe. Yes. Okay. And so you go to the second day and the third day. And at the end of the third day, um, I'm assuming that you went to some place for that serve margaritas because we don't do that in the workshop. <laughs> so, so were you getting along better with each other by then? Yes. Yes. So limerence was a very eye opening topic for me. Um, and it really did make sense. And I did try to justify and say, no, I'm not really a limerence because I wouldn't go to these extremes. But um, it really was an eye opening topic for me. So mm-hmm. that, you know, really did start to give me hope to, to think, hmm, I'm not the mm-hmm. only one that has gone through this. And there's like scientific reasons um why i'm going through this and and what i'm going through and it was huge for me also because i knew she was in limerence yeah absolutely she was um (laughs) but it gave me hope hope too because i could see okay this thing does end at the time they were saying three to 36 months and you know like there's it can give me some things to look for and know that it's going to pull through and so i had hope because of the limerence section good so at the end of the workshop we we were 
actually on board. Right? We had won the book, the the most <laughs> transformed couples, yes. <laughs> whatever that was. We won the book um, at the end of the workshop. <laughs> so yeah. we were, we were, we had so much hope. We spent our whole drive home, like coming up with our plan to go to sleep early and have regular date nights and and eat right and just we were mm. going to get on track. Yeah. Um, after the workshop was over. And is that what happened? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you believe we still had problems? Um, so little things happened that frustrated me. Um, you know, I saw, uh, you know, she still thought well of him and talked well of him, and that really bothered me. Um, she wasn't always completely as warm to me as I wish she was the hugs and snuggles and everything. And, you know, just little bit by little bit. And I, over a course of a few days, I got very frustrated again. I was hoping to see things move a lot quicker than I, than they actually did. And, um, we had a meeting with the church leadership lined up because I was the pastor, pastor's wife. Uh, they wanted to know how that workshop went. And, um, by the time we got to that meeting, I, completely threw her under the bus in the meeting. She's not doing what she, and how did you feel? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good question. Good question. Um, so yes, after that, um, he, I, you know, I had committed, I told the other person, I cannot see you. This would go completely against my beliefs and values. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't, I love you. Uh, I hate even saying that now, but I said that, but I cannot be with you because of this reason. And Mm -hmm. I had completely cut it off. But like he said, I still have, you know, good thoughts of this person. And so I was mourning. I was, um, you know, Mm kind of down and just not, like he said, not very engaged with him. Um, Things that typically he would never have noticed before. Um, He, you know, was just very hypersensitive to. And so um, when we got to that elders meeting and he threw me under the bus, um, you know, of course, I was crushed. I'm in a room full of leaders, all all these men. And um, I you know, felt defensive. And I I did end up picking up where he left off and saying, by the way, the workshop was wonderful. (laughs) And um, so we left, (laughs) so we, you know, left that meeting. Basically, I had been given a list of rules of, you know, this is how you have to behave and this is what you need to do. And um, when we left that meeting, we actually had a counseling session scheduled. And um, he said, do you want to ride together? I don't have anything to do. And I said, I'll see you there. <laughs> so, so actually at that point, um, when I took off from that church meeting, I called the LO. Yeah. Yeah. LO for people who are not familiar with that. And, and the way we talk at Mary Chelper sense for limerent object, uh, the person that at that point, Priscilla felt that she was madly in love with. That's what the LO is. Okay. Just want to make sure our audience understands what you're talking about. So you called him and what happened? Um, well, you know, of course he was not totally happy with me because I had been doing this yo-yo thing. And so, um, you know, he was not totally happy with me, but of course he was right there, you know, ready to swoop in and, um, you know, emotionally coddle me and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. just be right angry with me, um, against those leaders and, 
you know, so, uh, so that then we reconnected. Okay. Um, that night. Uh, so I don't think we actually physically reconnected, um, that day. I cannot remember how long it took to physically reconnect, but there was a time that I did kind of stay with him some. Um, I think when it really got, um, serious again was probably within a month. It was not immediate that I started. Um, I would, I, I would need to go back and. And so from the time you left the workshop until the time this happened, how much time had passed? Only three days. Okay. So three days after the workshop, before you went to the elders meeting of your church. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that night you made contact with him again, because Jordan, you felt that in three days she should have made so much more progress than you felt that she had made, which I'm assuming at this point you begin to see is not really realistic expectation, right? I, uh, I ended up in 12 steps for codependence throughout this whole process. Cause I, I found that I was very dependent upon her. And so, yeah, yeah, I was very unrealistic in what I was expecting out of her. Okay. So you finally reconnect with him. Are you still living at home or have you moved out at this point? Yeah, when you reconnect? I, I still lived at home at that point. Um, and then, you know, I would just go, I mean, basically just come and go. Whenever Jordan was home, I would try to um, go out and see him. And then when Jordan was gone, I would come home and stay with the kids. Um, you know, we were not really having a lot of good interactions. And actually, we weren't even co-parenting well at that point. Um, but we weren't really talking about divorce at that time. Right. Um, we were just kind of living in that valley, I guess. But Jordan, you knew that she was going to see the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how long did this go on? Um, it probably went on, um, for about a month and then, um, <laughs> another like weird twist. Um, we planned a Disney vacation, Jordan and I, because we thought, well, we have um, this these Disney rewards, and so we'll go ahead and use them because he said, well, who knows if we're going to end up divorced anyway. Let's just go ahead and use them together. Well, we planned this trip, and um, he ends up saying that he's not going to go um, at, towards the, like, just within a few days of us leaving. And so um, I had the brilliant idea that I would just take my LO with me. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, and I had the brilliant idea while she's gone, I'll bring a girl over to my house as well. So that's when my affair started at that point. Somebody that you'd already been developing a relationship with? Uh, about two weeks or so after workshop, I reached out to a girl. And then another two weeks later, she went to Disney World and that girl came over to the house. So, we were very chaotic, Joe. We we were. Remember the kids during this vacation trip? They were with me. Um, so, that you know, well, the room situation doesn't really matter. But it, it we went. He went as a friend because he had been a, a very close family friend up until this point. So the kids, you know, just thought he's a family friend going on this vacation. And uh, there was a couple from our church that was also down at Disney at the time that saw them. So, so get this, that word gets back to my youth minister. My youth minister drives over to my house with his wife to tell me in person what he, and the girl is over there. So I come to the front door and I was like, yeah, dude, I'm sorry. I'm counseling somebody right now. Yeah. Uh, 
things got really pretty messed up all the way. Really around. messed up. It really did get messed up. Get to the part where things begin to change okay. in a better way. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, okay. So at that point, then I was it. it it really started breaking open. So the, the church was going to disfellowship me um, because of that trip. And um, Okay, for those that are not familiar with church talk, the kind of the group that you were with practice a thing of church discipline, quote, unquote, mm-hmm. where that they actually uh, will cast a person out of their group or disfellowship, as they call it. So the church was getting ready to do that yeah, for so you. That kind of busted things open a little bit. Um, so later on, I ended up leaving the church. He was still a minister, um, but we had still thought we we could make it through this. Um, but we were just kind of living in limbo. So we did legal separate, not legal separation. We just did our own separation um, where he was in the house with the kids for a week. And then I would live with someone else, not the LO. And then mm-hmm. um, I would be in the house and he would live with someone else, um, not anybody inappropriate. And so we did that for a couple of months and um, things were just not getting better. And he was getting tired of, um, you know, the way things were going. So he started kind of tightening up and, and being more controlling. And I just the more controlling he got, the more I fought against it. And um, hmm. what ended up cracking it was um, he cut off my credit card and um took all of our money out of our combined accounts and, um, you know, said, you know, you, you need to get a job to pay your bills. And so I filed for divorce um, because I had been a stay at home mom. I had no income besides him. And so I filed for divorce then. And um, so Jordan, you were still involved with the other woman during this period of time. No, um, we, that was very short lived. Uh, it was not a, a limerent affair. Um, I mean, it doesn't make it any better, but it was not long term. It was uh, not a strong emotional connection. It was right. It was it was a lonely response to what was happening. Um, it was it was a response to pain. Uh, so okay. she was not around. No. But okay. yeah, I, so, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just going to add. You know, I. I was a good snooper, of course. I saw an email where she had emailed out to a lawyer. So that's when she did that. I cut off the credit card. When I did that, she filed for divorce. It was just a chain. Um, okay. So did and I know at some point things turned around to get better. Yeah. So when did yeah. that happen? Okay, so we got divorced and we did not speak to each other. I mean, we had week on week off custody. We saw each other's faces once a week, but no conversation. Um, and we're talking divorced in September, and um, this went on for about good five months mm-hmm. until she um, plugged into a church that you know she really had some breakthroughs there. Her heart began mm-hmm. to change around Christmas. So we were um, apart, and we couldn't blame each other for any of our problems anymore. And so, you know, I just. Um, started working on my pies. And so, you know, physically and emotionally, like he said, spiritually, I started going to a completely different church, um, had a completely different uh, mindset and, um, you know, just really started working on myself. And I still was seeing the other person, but it was very secretive because I was not proud at all about this relationship. I would have said that I probably would not have wanted to divorce Jordan so badly if, you know, I didn't feel so controlled um, 
in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, just working on my pies and getting healthier myself, I started mm-hmm. realizing how unhealthy the LO was and how Jordan wasn't really as bad of a person as I was making him out to be in that time. Um, that if I had been in his shoes, I probably would have reacted a whole lot worse than he had. And, you know, then I started remembering we did have good times back mm-hmm. in our first marriage. Um, and, it, you know, so so my eyes just started opening um, little by little. I would not say it happened overnight. It was probably over the course of two months that my eyes started opening to how unhealthy this new person was and actually how good Jordan had been. And then, okay. For those that uh, are not familiar with pies, and she's not talking about a particular kind of pie like blueberry or peach. She was actually, uh, Priscilla here is talking about what we call pies, which is, it stands as an acronym, stands for physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. Just want to make sure that people that haven't heard that before, we know what you're talking about. So then are you saying that the workshop that you guys went to didn't really help at all? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If we had um, followed the principles from the get go. Um, But what happened was we were in so much chaos that uh, Mm -hmm. until we calmed down and were able to really apply the principles, um, Mm -hmm. then, you know, it didn't really do us any good to have the tools. Right. So you had the tools, but you weren't using the yes. tools. Yes. All right. So you're reconsidering things. You're already divorced. How long have you been divorced at this point? Um, we've been divorced about three months when my, my heart started changing. Yeah. Okay. So what positive progress did you have after that then? Um, so for me, um, <laughs> I started out by, we like I, like he said, we didn't even speak when we would exchange the kids saying things like, Hey, I'm sorry. I forgot to bring the shoes for the kids, which would have never happened before my heart started changing. And, and like I said, it was just, um, because I was getting healthier, I didn't need a certain, um, action or reaction from Jordan. I just knew who I wanted to be and how I wanted to treat him. Um, so he did not jump on board with that. (laughs) <laughs> in the beginning, he still was looking at me like I was some kind of alien uh, whenever I spoke to him. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in my mind, I felt like they were trying to go on with the relationship and she was trying to make nice. And so, okay, you know, thanks for the shoe, whatever. Um, but she, you know, continued to soften and um, she texted a pretty long apology one day. And uh, I still wasn't ready to receive it. I said, well, thanks for that. I'm not really sure I know who you are, but uh, thanks. And uh, then she texted a long apology a day later. And I I said, well, really, I I really appreciate that. And then she texted, can we talk? And um, we talked that night for three hours. Had not have a conversation in five to six months, but we talked for three hours that night. And Mm -hmm. uh, the next day, I was very, very angry with God because I could see what he was doing. Uh, I wasn't ready to embrace it yet. And so uh, I got angry. And um, God can be inconvenient. Yes. Yes. (laughs) He didn't ask me. (laughs) But I I threw a fit for a day. And at the end of the day, I texted her and said, hey, would you like to come over for dinner? And uh, she did. 
And I don't know if she ever left after that. (laughs) It was um, when you're going through it, you can almost see it in the other person's eyes. You are not the same person. Um, But at this time, it's you again. The fog was lifted and Mm -hmm. it was my wife again. And so it was pretty apparent at that point what God was doing. Yeah. Okay. So did you reconnect with the marriage helper as well? Or was that kind of the end of, okay, so what happened with us helping out then? It it was immediate that we reconnected because um, we had had a really bad experience with our marriage counselor. Actually, our marriage counselor had recommended that we divorce um, and that he was going to help us land that plane smoothly. That was his exact quote. He was a young guy, and I remember one of his uh, comments to me was like, oh, man, I don't know what I'd do in that situation. <laughs> yeah, so we... <laughs> me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he was getting paid a whole lot to tell us to do that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so we had a really bad experience with our marriage counselor, and so we really, we did look for um, help in town so that we could have someone walk with us because we were kind of at a loss. But the first thing that we did was pay to come back to the workshop for the second time um, because we knew that those principles were working already um, and that we wanted to hear it again um, because it is a lot of information. And I had a lot different ears the second time. So between workshops, how much time had passed? A year and one month. Yeah. Okay, so you're one month, and did you hear things you didn't hear the first time? Of course. (laughs) It it has been life-changing. You know, just our second marriage um, has just been a much different marriage, and not on the surface. Like, on the surface, you know, people think we look the same, and um, we act the same, because we were always a happy couple, um, people would always make comments about, oh, y'all, you you act like newlyweds. Um, But internally, we feel so differently. Um, We feel safe with each other. We um, talk with each other. We, We know what horsemen are so we haven't cut them out completely but we've minimized the horsemen um you know when when there is high stress times we know how to handle those times Mm -hmm. much better the controlling and push behaviors have been cut drastically yes yes it is it is just night and day difference underneath the surface awesome so did you use any of our other services other than the workshop itself I have been through the Save My Marriage course, but only um, as a um, breakout leader for a marriage helper. Okay, so let's explain what that means. You guys got to the point where that uh, Priscilla was saying, I want to help marriages as well. And and so well, we trained you to be a breakout leader to come back to our workshops to help couples. And you've been, uh, how many workshops do you think you've done as a breakout leader? Um, At least 15. Because uh, yeah. I... I've been working since September of 2019, but then took a little break during COVID. So, um, mm-hmm. so it's been a year and a half or a little over a year and a half. Okay. And as a result of that, because you weren't with us, you have exposure to all of our 
everything that we yeah. have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's very good. By the way, just for those uh, who are listening or watching, I realize that this, sometimes people will just hear the audio. Sometimes people get to see the visual. If you see the visual, this is a very handsome couple here. They're very pretty people, <laughs> but they're even prettier inside than they are outside and they're outside. Very pretty. And Priscilla's become one of our favorite breakout leaders. People just brag on her big time when they are in her breakout groups. So what would you tell a couple uh, no, I think you've already, uh, by the way, proven one thing very much by your story, which is no matter how much good material we teach, and we think we teach a lot of really good material, until a person applies it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a magic bullet. You hear this, and all of a sudden your whole world's different. You actually have to do something with it. Okay, but you guys learned that and illustrated it perfectly. Priscilla, what would you say to somebody who is at this point? quote, madly in love, and quote, with somebody else. And, and uh, Jordan, what would you say if your spouse feels that he or she is madly in love with somebody else? What would you say to those people about what we can do to help them? I was frantic at, at, at the end of my rope in a very emergent situation. And I would just begin by saying, look, you didn't get here overnight. It's okay. It's okay. Um, if there's any way you can get your spouse to that workshop, hey, hey, just give them a call. Here's the number. Just give them a call. They'll help you um, and, and kind of how you approach your spouse with, um, you know, angles you can take uh, to talk to them about it. Just give them a call. Um, but, but look, you're OK. And there is hope. Listen to my story about Disney World. You know, <laughs> it got Jerry Springer, man. I can tell you more stories than that. <laughs> but as bad as it gets, and I've talked to other couples at Marriage Helper Workshops that their stories are up there too. It's There is always hope. Okay. Well, first of all, I would say whether you want your marriage or you don't want your marriage, mm-hmm. Marriage Helper Workshops will change your life. And I know that sounds like, oh, that's too big of a promise to make, but I am not exaggerating. Um, I have I have seen as a breakout leader, couple after couple after couple come in or individual after individual come in um, with very low expectations and leave just mind blown. So the workshop will change your life. Second, it is the place where you will feel the most acceptance, especially if you're in the middle of doing something that might be looked down upon by the rest of the world. You will find so much acceptance and you will see that you are not alone, that this is not something that you're going through and you're totally unique and nobody's ever experienced this before. There, there will be people in the workshop with you that are going through similar experiences. So it is just the safest place, the place where you'll find the most acceptance and it will change your life. Cool. Very good. Well, our time is almost up here. So is there any last thing you would like to say to the people who are either listening or watching about anything whatsoever. So sometimes um, when we do talk about our story, it is a pretty crazy story. And, um, you know, it actually is sounds kind of terrifying and, um, you know, just really bad. And, you know, I think sometimes people think, man, wow, if you could go back and do that over again, mm. I bet you would do things completely different. And I would say that with Marriage Helper and working through and finding so much healing um, through all of this process, I don't want to go through it again in the future, but I would not trade our marriage now 
for what we had in the past. I, I would go through it all again um, to have the marriage that we have now. Absolutely. Excellent. You feel the same way, huh, my friend? Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's just, it's night and day. It's it's freedom. It's yes. it's a real relationship. Yeah. So uh, thank you. Yes, thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for taking for our uh, time to do this program with us. I really do appreciate very much that everything you guys do for people, everything you guys do for people, and particularly, you know, Priscilla, you helping us out in those workshops because you're a, a great part of those workshops now. All right. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you guys for watching or listening to Relationship Radio. And keep looking. Keep coming back because we have a lot more to offer. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Priscilla. Thanks, Thanks you, Dr. J. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Relationship Radio. Please refer to the notes in the description to learn more about any resources mentioned in this episode. Please visit our website at marriagehelper.com for more information about our online courses, marriage workshops, and coaching. If you have a question you want to ask Dr. Beam and Kimberly Holmes, follow the link to see which topic is currently up for discussion. Remember to like, subscribe, and leave a comment. We exist to help save marriages and strengthen families. We look forward to interacting with you on the next episode of Relationship Radio.